What's popping, y'all? Welcome to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. It's me, Mike, and I'm here with my guy. White boy summer, Eddie P. What? <laughs> I just tried to say something different. It, I don't know. We'll see what? what <laughs> I love all people, but I am white, so that's... Hey. That's I'm not... I ain't even mad at you, bro. Love all you. You know, that coming... That coming from some, I ain't gonna be. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna keep it real. That coming from some white people would concern me. Coming from you, I'm all cool with it. Yes, invited to the cookout. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, commanders talk. Like I wanted to, I wanted to do the show, Commander's Free, but Eddie just had to find a topic to talk about. Well, it's somewhat relevant, and you know, Mike, let's be real. As much as all of us love like basketball and NBA, and there are even some of us who like soccer and things like that too, right? We're all missing football. You know it's true. So we got him. Yeah, but. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, let, let's, you know. I was about to say, when, once we, we get to the topic, y'all understand. Um, and we're going to talk about um, sports betting and why it just seems to only happen to the NFL. Um, and the team that don't, that doesn't want hard knocks look like they're going to get it anyway. Um, a big sports network had a bunch of layoffs. One of our national teams won the important award. And we'll probably talk about some Nats. But I have a message from the Wizards' latest free agent signing. DC, let's turn this ship around. May take time, but I'm committed, you guys, and turning the city up to 100 emojis and a heart handshape emoji. That is none other then Washington's new favorite son, apparently. The one, the only, the wild one, the loud one, Cal Kuzma, re-signing with the Washington Wizards. I believe it was a three-year, $125 million, maybe, I think. No, nah, that that's way too much. Maybe it was four-year, $125. But nevertheless, Kuzma is... Pairing with Jordan Poole for the Washington Wizards in 2023. Eddie, how are you feeling about that, bro? Like, I need to know. I really need to know. Well, I've always sort of carried the torch for Kuzma. Uh, I have offered to feed him seedless grapes many a time. But I was surprised as anybody. What? I just. You are wild. You are lunching tonight, bro. I'm, I'm trying to shock people, catch people off guard. I want people spitting out their coffee or their alcoholic beverage. Drink responsibly. Anyway, I was surprised as anybody. I really, I mean, it was more or less like, where is he going to go? And I kept having it wrong. I really thought he was going to walk. But as an unrestricted free agent, I guess there was a way we could maybe sign and trade, I guess, or get something. But I really, I mean, the last thing I expected was for him to stay. But I, I guess 
you know, it's that thing where you turn down the extension offer and then you sort of maybe use other teams as leverage. Now, we don't know any of those offers because none of them have, at least not yet, have been reported as far as I know. But it's definitely going to be interesting. It, it gives you just the and, – and I, I hate this because it, it almost seems very on-brand D.C. sports team to give you just enough hope <laughs> so that you'll buy some tickets and you'll pay attention, which that turns into dollars, especially buying the tickets. So I don't know. Like, I want to be optimistic because I, I think Tyus Jones is certainly – not a steal because we got a lot. Um, but when you put him with a pool and then you got guys like Kispert and Avdia, you got Gafford and now we're Kuzma's coming back and he, he, he can be a real problem. Now he's not the greatest defensive player, but his size kind of, you know, at times he can make up for it because of his wingspan, his athleticism, and again, his size, which I just mentioned. So I, I don't know. You guys know me. I want to be optimistic and be like, yeah, we actually could do this and could do that. I mean, we don't know who's going where because free agency, I think, is it midnight tonight is when it begins, if I'm not mistaken, or at least the, ability so. to, the legal tampering period. I don't know, whatever. Uh, so. Something happens at midnight tonight. So, you know, watch the so like, like you, I was shocked. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I thought we was in full-on tank mode. Um, now, let's, let's be honest here, though, bro. I just looked at the contract. It's four-year, $102 million. That's 25.5. So it's not like they're breaking the bank. He's, he's the second-highest player on the team, actually. Who's still Doesn't number one? Like thirty something though. Yeah, that's what I thought. That the offense that, that was made public that he was seeking like thirty three to thirty five or something. I know that's a little bit, um, you know, thirty three, but I don't know. It, it, so, the whole thing's surprising, but I, I mean, I like it. He he's able to play a variety of positions. He's gotten paid now. So hopefully we'll see him, you know, play the – I mean, because the way he played the last two seasons, when healthy, that was a bit of an issue. But when healthy, dude was a killer. A little a little too dependent on the three at times. But overall, dude was a killer. And, again, his, his size kind of and, and the versatility, you know, that, that really helps, um, you know, when you're trying to kind of play around with lineups and see what works. I am worried, though, because, you know, we, we, we joke around and I went and got the bobblehead. You know, dude's all into fashion. I do worry that, you know, at his age and all that money, and I'm not saying he didn't work hard for it, but all that money, I, I worry that he might get a little content and a little caught up in some of the off-the-court kind of things. Not, not saying he's going to get into trouble, but just, you know, run-of-the-mill distraction. Again, the fashion stuff and just kind of wanting to be, you know, out and about. And, and you know, as, as much I mean, as I love these concern, But we we had those same thoughts last season when we traded them. And I know he just got money, more money. But it wasn't like he was coming. It wasn't like he was coming in poor. <laughs> but he, 
he played he 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 surpassed my expectations with the Wizards the last two seasons. I didn't think I would um, enjoy him as a player as much as I did, but I really like Kuzma, man. I ain't going, I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I, I you know, I was very uh, positive and optimistic about uh, getting him and just the the potential that that he uh, had and and does still have. Honestly, he's still kind of a young kid. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm glad he's worked out so far because it's kind of, you know, I'm on the plane, he's the captain type of thing, or, you know, one of them. But uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of now, you know, that optimism is still there, but not it's guarded, guarded optimism, I guess you could say, uh, because I like it, but you know, there was a lot of talk and, and I kind of thought, this way too and I thought it was both of them but a lot of people said Corey's Kispert was kind of almost in position for a big year you know we're not necessarily expected to be that good and so what comes with that we're obviously going to be jacking up a lot of shots and as, my, as many as Jordan Poole is going to take you got to think that he's going to be heavily guarded and schemed against to a degree that you know Kispert is a good shooter He's a smart basketball player coming from a good basketball pro- program. I've talked about this as it relates to football. I feel the same way about basketball. When you come from some of these blue bloods where there's just constant competition, constant expectations, and, and uh, influence of structure and, you know, team uh, football or basketball in this case. So I, I like what Kispert represents. I just don't know how Kuzma being there will affect it. I know he's he's willing to pass the ball. I don't mean that, but just the fact that now, so where does Kispert play? Are, are we putting Kuz at the four and going Gafford at center? Kispert's at the three, and then Jones and Poole at the guard and two guard? It's so funny that you say that. Like, literally, as you were speaking, I was crafting what I would do as a starting five. And <clears throat> what I have is Poole starting point guard. Pittsburgh at the two, Denny at the three, Kuzma at the power four, and Gafford at center. What, um, what, See, I thought Avdia would be the other one due for a big year, too, because I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit of a – I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him. I, I think he could really be good. I, I like what I see out of him. He's got, um, you know, a lot of fundamental skills. He can play defense. He's got some athleticism. He can his shooting seems to be coming along. So I really thought him and Kispert, but you know, I, I kind of deferred to some experts who more were mentioning Kispert. I thought both of them were gonna individually have the chance at you know having big years, but now that's a lot of shots between Poole and Kuzma. So it makes me kind of wonder. But hey. This could be a cool thing where all four of those guys are on the court together somehow, and then you throw Gafford in the mix, like you said. Um, like be- they are, they are really not doing what I expected them to do. Remember last episode, we were like, yeah, "I got to find a way to lose a couple of more games." Yeah. These guys just added a few more wins to the season. Like oh. now, we're talking about a thirty. Uh, at first, we were talking maybe 25 to 31 season. 
now we're looking at a 35, 39-win team right now. Potentially, because you never know what's going to happen both with our team and the other team as far as injuries and who starts off hot, who cools down. True. Uh, And and, and we still got free agency to go to. The thing that I'm – see, I'm not sure you want to go pool at the point guard. I think he's more of a two. I I think you got to have a guy like Tyus Jones who's a veteran, especially because you have – is it – Davis Jr. It's I know it's one of the common last names. Johnny something Jr. Is it yeah, Davis? Davis? Yeah, Davis. Okay, I thought so. So you really want to kind of see what you can do from from his standpoint, from a development, and you want a guy like Tyus Jones who's solid, who's got some experience, another blue blood program, a Duke guy, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's the, he's the one that went to Duke. I think the older brother went to Kentucky. Am I am I correct there, Michelangelo? I'll keep going. You can fact check me. But if I'm not mistaken, this is the younger one. I think the older one was Tyrus. I think this is Tyus. Or some, it's something similar, but there's two of them. One went to Kentucky, one went to Duke. We got one of them. Anyway, the we one, got we one got, that went to Duke. We got Tyrus Jones. Tyrus. Okay. So there, but there is another one. I don't know where he plays, but. There's another one, and I don't mean to talk about another person like that. But, you know, DJ Khaled, another one. But he's a solid guard. He's he he can make plays. He can shoot. Uh, he's Trey got Jones, that experience. That went to do too. Trey Jones. Trey. All right. I'm Trius and Trey. We have Trius. 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 F around and find out. But I, I think he's got to be our guard for now, just based on experience. You know, maybe maybe Johnny Davis passes him. Maybe we go with something crazy. And you oh know. yeah, I forgot about him. Like you're right. Um, because I'm pretty sure Delon Wright yeah. and, jeez, uh, uh, what's his name, Monte Morris. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get rid of them. Can either deal them or cut them if we haven't already. Uh, I do. We still have Kendrick Nunn, or is he gone? If, if he's with us, I'm not sure. I, he might still be on the roster, but he might be out of here if he is. And this sucks because we like trade up for him, but yeah, he ain't doing nothing, bro. Well, but if we had him, that'd be he's he's a scorer and you know another guy with experience, and wouldn't be bad to have him coming off the bench or you know as somebody who could step up. You know, Gordon and Google, he's still with us. Well, so I'm liking that. Uh, but I, I again, I, I think you got to go pull the two guard for the simple fact that it fits his strength, and then it also is going to help for the development of Johnny Davis. And then I just I think having a guy like Tyrus to run the show, he's going to do the right thing, you know, even if it doesn't work out or or in our favor. But uh, I mean that's just how I feel. Who knows what could happen. I don't necessarily expect us to do a lot in free agency. I, I think we got roughly 15 mil under the cap. So maybe we'll do something, but I'm not expecting much. And and I'm, I mean, I don't really even know much of who's out there right now anyway. Yeah, it's like it really caught me off guard because I remember I'm talking about the Kuzma sign and I remember looking at a, a notification saying that 
there was chatter about him coming back. And then next thing you know, like the alert came that he re-signed with the Wizards. And I'm just it's, I mean, it's gonna be a fun team to watch, but this isn't the trust the process that we all thought we were gonna get. This ain't the Oklahoma City rebuild that we thought we were gonna get. Speaking of uh, process, they're getting ready to be a little messed up. Harden getting ready. I mean, he's trying to go somewhere. I don't know if he's doing this to get the bag. And I don't mean to like sort of turn us way left onto a different team and everything, but I just the way you were saying it, man, like trusting the process. I'm I'm and, and by the way, just while we said that, I'm willing to apply that, you know, with this Kuzma thing, we're surprised. I'm, these guys are new, you know. It's a whole new it, between the GM, president of basketball operations, all that between uh, Dawkins and Swink or Slink, right? And then um, what's our guy's name? Who's going to like oversee all of Monumental Sports? Can't remember his name right now. He just Michael got Winger, Winger, Winger. Right, right. So that whole group, I'm they. They're not getting a pass, but like you know what I mean. We're 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 on that yeah. whole wait mode. We're giving them a chance. So the Kuzma thing is surprising, but I'm I'm riding with them because I don't have a reason not to. And you know they're new, so let's let's give it a chance to see if it works out. It got dark really quick. <laughs> it really did, but um, you know, it, just flipping things again. If James Harden is just simply doing this to I, – I don't know how that will work, going to the Clippers with him and Paul George and Kawhi, if that's uh, – because that's one of the options there. And I think he's got like 33-some million due to him. So I don't know if this is one of those things where he – because if you notice, he does this. He, he only stays with a team for so long, and then whether it's personal or, or – business or a little of both he seems to always like two or three years max and then he's moving so if this is just strictly because he's good enough to do that and then potentially leverage a new contract and he's you know just trying to continue to get paid more power to him but man like they got rid of doc rivers for him bro now he's like i forgot we got galinari on the team yeah, I, I I like the fact that a lot of those guys we got in that trade, like him and like Mascala, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember the, the names of the other guys besides Tyrus Jones, Mascala, and Gallinari. The, the positive thing about that is those guys have been on a variety of programs around some really good pros. I believe Mascala was on the Cavs when LeBron was there. I don't know for certain. Doesn't mean he was there when they won a ring, but even still, um, I know he and you know Tyrus Jones playing for the Grizzlies, playing around some solid pros there, not just John Morant, um, you know Bain, uh, you know Jarris Jackson, Steve Adams. So it, it, that's the thing I'm liking is that hopefully these guys they might not make the impact on the court, but more off the court, and just in terms of like keeping guys focused on what they're doing. And then, you know, some of those instances where guys get frustrated 
or they're not understanding things and, you know, having issues with the coach, some of these vets can hopefully step in and sort of really guide some of these younger guys and kind of, you know, make the off the court stuff a little easier, which then translates to the on the court stuff being easier as well, because there's less distraction and things of that nature. So, um, you know, a little bit of a reach, a, a little bit of the Disney like, uh, uh, optimism and positivity but that's just, that, that's the way i view it you know um so what regarding the cba what exactly is happening <laughs> like what's going on with the for real? okay so to just simply put it in layman's terms and and I, i'm gonna be honest i kind of dig this so it's my understanding that there will be a limitation on the amount of money you can spend on players, meaning like, you know, when these teams try to, you know, do the super team thing, you know, there's going to be a limitation on that. But then there's also going to be a floor on the amount of money you can spend. So I think it's something like 90% of the cap room all teams will have to spend. Uh, But then at the same time, they can't, you know, go like volumes over the luxury tax tax, excuse me. And I believe penalties will range from fines, loss of draft picks. Uh, you know, there'll be there'll be a lot of things like that, you know, that future things, you know, the same as it's kind of always been both in, uh, you know, NBA, MLB, NFL, etc. So I like it. It kind of seems like it's really trying to have as much influence to even the playing field as possible. Now, some teams have more talent than other teams. That's, you know, nobody's debating that. But what it's saying is that some of these other teams that aren't so great, but could maybe, you know, maybe they don't have a great starting team, but they've got a solid starting team and a really solid bench too, which kind of is is that team's advantage. Or, you know, maybe team – decides to really invest a lot of money at the big man position and monopolize that they can do that as long as they're not going overboard. And then that could even the playing field. Cause you know, you think about it, right? We, we've talked about this ad nauseum whenever we talk about preseason and mid season and then end of season in the NBA. And then a lot of times the NFL too, it's the same handful of teams that are typically in the playoffs because they've got most of the talent They've got good infrastructure, good coaches. So that'll still probably happen. But the point is, it kind of makes it so those teams have less of an advantage. They'll still have an advantage. But that, that's at least the way I view it. Um, now, there are ways around it. You know, a, a team that wants to not get in the penalty for not spending enough, i.e. trying to tank too much, you know, and then like, come into next year's cap with just like so much money, they end up doing the super team attempt. Uh, You could take on an expiring contract. You know, I mentioned James Harden's situation with the Clippers earlier before we started talking about the CBA. He's got like one year left. I think it's 33 million total, but then the cap hit is really, really low, which is crazy, but you could take on stuff like that. You know, certainly veterans who are, not going to take a minimum, you know, there, there are ways around this as there always would be, but 
it does make it so that the GM and the capologist and the accountants and that whole branch of the uh, front office, they're definitely going to have to be working a lot harder. I mean, obviously, you know, trying to like make everything work. And yeah. it's crazy too because on the flip side, you know, the same way we talk about with, with both, uh, with, with all leagues, like essentially the cap is going to keep going up. So that means the amount of money you're going to have to keep spending is going to go up. But then you're going to be, you know, it, it's really kind of, it's unique. So I'm kind of interested to see what the effect will be. And hopefully they give it, you know, a couple of years to see instead of just, you know, one or two and then pulling the plug. Yeah, it's, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what the NFL has seemingly mastered, and that's create um, a a competitive parity league where it does seem like most of the league has a chance, albeit a small chance for some teams, to make a great run out of nowhere or continue a great run. Like, for example, you have a team like, let's say, the Chiefs, the reign of defending Super Bowl champions. You expect them to continue to do their thing. Um, you have middle of the team, middle of the pack teams like, um, let's say, New Orleans, Washington. Um, San Diego, I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, those type of teams. And then you have, like, bottom dwellers, like, let's say the Panthers. They just had the sack. They just finished with the um, with a top ten pick. But they're still, like, a threat to be dangerous next season. So all I'm saying is that I get with the – NBA is trying to do, they're trying to make it as even as possible for all 32 teams to compete, for all 32 teams to have a good season or the promise of a good season, regardless of the reality. And they're trying to manipulate the cap without um, alienating the players. Because as a player, I'm like, look, if I want to play with this person, I should be able to play with this person, regardless of how y'all feel. But y'all well, trying to change the cap around to um, limit us from teaming up. I don't think that's fair. I understand why a player would say that. Yeah, I. Yeah, but no. Like I said, so the cap's going to keep going up, and you know the players that earn those contracts, they'll get them. What I like about it is it keeps. It, it, it really honestly what it does is it goes back to like that whole organic thing it kind of stops what the celtics or you know the the lebron wade and bosh heat uh you know teams like that it, it makes you really focus on the draft draft picks become that much more valuable now when you're attempting to trade so i kind of dig it to be honest i get it what you're saying is you know like you look at, uh, and and I think this is just crazy because I don't know who. Hold on, got the plane coming by.
told you you were good, bro. Yeah. So sorry for the pause, folks. So you look at what the Suns have already with Booker, Durant, and Beal. All three of those guys are making a ton of money. And there's talk that somehow Kyrie's going to end up there. I just don't know how that's going to happen. Every one of those guys would have to. with the Mavericks. He re-signed now? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, pardon me. Dealing with my kids. Wasn't really looking at my phone. So, all right. That kind of takes care of that. But could you imagine you got Kyrie, Durant, Booker, and Beal, and then you throw Aiton in the mix. I know he's trying to get out of there. They might even be trying to trade him. Uh, I, I kind of don't want that. You know, you want your team to be built, you know, in, in uh, European and South American uh, football, as they call it. There are teams that are known for building through what's called their academy. In this case, for us, it's, you know, the draft. And so anyway, th- those teams are heralded that much more when they are great and when they win titles because they were built, quote, unquote, the right way. And, you know, nowadays you have teams like a PSG, uh, you know, just using a soccer comparison, that just buys up all the talent because they have a lot of money. And I think what the NBA is trying to do here is stop that from happening because you know good and well, you know, a team like Dallas, a guy like Mark Cuban, like his pockets are damn near endless. Right. You know, and it you you it's not just about competitive equality, it's also from an entertainment standpoint. You don't want, you know, uh uh Jesus Christ beating up on the Delaware school for the deaf and blind. Like you don't you know what I mean? Like you don't want those lopsided matchups. That's what they're trying to do. It's it's so they can market all of the games, no matter who's playing. So that's the other side of it too. And I and I really meant to arrive at that point a lot sooner. I do apologize. So that that's just kind of what I see. Um, that that's all I got. I, I again, I really am a big fan of it. Because these guys can, there's ways where everybody can continue to get paid and they're already making really good money for a kid's game. You factor in endorsements and everything, you know, and and I'm a players kind of guy. I usually root for the players. I want everybody to get in the bag. There is plenty of room here still with this new CBA for everybody to get paid. They're just trying to make it equal and business friendly. Cool. So, um, Real quick, I'll wrap up this segment talking about the roster so far for the Wizards and the Vegas Summer League that is starting on July 7th. I believe that is next Friday. Um, Xavier Cooks, who last played for the Washington Wizards, he'll be on the roster. Um, First round pick, Bilal Koulibaly, he'll be on the roster. Johnny Davis, who last played for the Wizards, he'll be on the roster, as well as Quentin Jackson, another G League player, he'll be on the roster. Osun Usunihi. Oh boy. How tall is Free agent draft pick center from Iowa State, Go Cyclones. How tall is um, 
I'm not sure. I have I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear you say go cyclones either. Um yeah. I got a friend that's a cyclone fan. That's uh, just I'm just not gonna participate well in the uh, big twelve beef. That's between y'all. Yeah, but this person probably at least went to Iowa State, so I'll I'll show up. <laughs> right, because I'm not randomly saying like go cyclones just they, they went to Iowa State. Um, went to Iowa, live in Iowa. Went to Iowa or Iowa State? I mean, Iowa State okay. or, and live in Iowa or live in the city, but big Cyclones fan. I know um, somebody that's going there. Um, shout out to my man, Steph Peterson, uh, getting all into the, like, literally the rocket scientist type. Oh, nice. That's what's up. Apparently, and, and I thought that was crazy. I was like, wow, so Iowa. So apparently they have a really good, like, I am going to sound so stupid, but a really good rocket program there. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's called. Air and space, science, engineering, something. But shout out to that guy. And then random to tie it back to sports. There is a school in Alabama. It's like Alabama Huntsville or something. Ironically, they have a really good hockey program. The mm-hmm. reason so is because a lot of German scientists for rocket engineering and things of that nature. Again, I'm sorry to sound so dumb, folks, but these guys who were, you know, working on rockets and stuff, this is back like just after World War II. They moved to that part of Alabama because there's some like space, not space station, but like, you know what I'm saying? And anyway, you know hockey was something that they kind of brought with them mm-hmm. and so they you know built a program at that college and yeah so anyway back to the wizards lineup i don't know if there's anybody from that college i mentioned probably not because nah, it's not um the last two players were dejon vasiljevic um shooting guy from sydney free agent draft pick and the last person is our second round draft pick, Tristan Vukovic. Vukovic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, Mike. From, from Spain, he was. Oh wow, he was drafted. <laughs> he was drafted in the second round, and he'll be on the summer league roster. So both our draft picks. Mike. 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 I just heard you stumble over saying that guy's last name, and then you said from Spain. You mean he played in Spain? There ain't no way that guy's from Spain. Uh, yeah, he's not from Spain. I'm sorry. He's like Polish. He played in the Spain league. Gotcha. He's actually Serbian. My bad. My bad. Um, I was thrown off because I'm in a dynasty league draft right now, and in the sixth pick, somebody just drafted Hendon Hooker. Him and Hooker? No, Hendon Hooker. Oh. The quarterback that's going to be out all next season. (laughs) And there's not even a starter on his team or nothing. Like, it's just a risky pick to take in the sixth overall pick. I concur. Me being in the eighth spot, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Um, and I'm also okay with taking a quick break, y'all. Um, I know the episode feel kind of choppy and rushed or whatever, but 
we're doing big things. We're trying some new stuff. We're on StreamYard for the first time, um, which means that ER, e- dog. eventually we will start doing video broadcasts, live broadcasts, inviting more guests on. Um, yeah, we about to start cooking. So just, you know, work with us and we're going to work with y'all. Until then, listen to these cheese beats and we're going to be right back. Straight cheddar. Cheddar. Welcome back to the show, y'all. We are going to talk commanders against my... No, I'm joking with you. I honestly didn't care if we talked about them or not. I just didn't think it was anything to talk about. But apparently, there's a, um, let's say, a, a murmurs. I was going to say my favorite word, brouhaha, but actually, this is more murmurs. There are murmurs about the Murray Joe White report and the timing of the release. And Eddie, um, what have you heard in the streets and the radio waves about the Murray Joe White report on Dan Snyder and the Redskins, now known as the Commanders? Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the NFL has the findings. I mean, I, I just don't, there's no way they don't. You know, this report went on some time ago. And the thing that I'm just, I guess, to let the cat out of the bag, what I'm really hoping doesn't happen is that the timing of this uh, uh, July 20th uh, owners meeting where, like, look, I think a betting person would bet everything knowing they'd get it all right back that the Harris, Rails, Magic Johnson, whoever else – that that whole group will be named owners officially of the commanders. I, I think that's just pretty much a shoe in having said that the worry is that the findings from the report will come out right before, during, after sometime right around that same period, which will kind of put a cloud over that ownership and un, unjustly so because they are inheriting this organization and obviously trying to turn it around from the better, not just from a competitive standpoint, from a profitability standpoint as well. So it would really be great if like tomorrow, the morning, afternoon, evening, at some point tomorrow, day after the day after that, like sometime very, very soon, if the findings for that report would come out, but you know how the NFL likes to do where they almost pretend like they know nothing, you know, like let's take like the Ray Rice, for example, like it's proven they had those tapes for a while. They wanted to pretend and drag their feet and, oh, we got to review, we got to do this. And what they do is they try to kind of wait and, you know, hope that things die down and you start focusing on something else. And I just worry that the timing is going to be detrimental to the Wizards, you know, just just from like a look standpoint, because if you're the owner inheriting it and then these reports start coming out, what about potential uh, uh, 
uh, what, what do you call it? Like, you know, people that want to bring their business to you, you know, like I guess vendors you could say, or uh, I, I don't know why my words are escaping me right now, but I, I think you get where I'm going. Like a, um, like a food truck person. I mean, anything under the sun that wants to relate to the stadium, anybody that wants to, you know, partner up with the team, you know, whether we're talking like food, alcohol, yeah, I mean, anything under the sun, you know, and that could potentially not happen as a result of the finances report coming out at said timing. So... I don't know. I mean, you know, a little bit of a stretch, you could say, but I just think all y'all. I think all y'all paranoid. (laughs) I think all all y'all tripping. Friendly to Washington, huh? I said the NFL's never been friendly to Washington. I mean, what are where were they supposed to be friendly with us on? Uh. Mike Shanahan's first year. I mean, we broke the rule, and we, we didn't weren't break the only rules. two. We bruh. didn't break any rules. The if NFL. They, approved approved what we, I'm not happy with what we did, Mike. The NFL I'm, approved what we did. They said I'm it's not okay. happy. I'm Can't not happy that. with it, and I understand. Like John Mara had a whole bunch to do with that. So, like. Um, I understand your frustration with that. I'm not happy with the penalty. But I could see that we were the only team. It was like six of us that got hit with it. And if they said we broke the spirit of the cap, we broke the spirit of the cap. Guess what? We hey, went to the playoffs that year. Bill Belichick did that. Everybody would be like, oh, my God, he's the greatest ever. <laughs> but, um, but nah, real talk, though, it's – so for me, I'm not tripping off the report until the report is released because I don't know what's going to be in the report. I don't know if they're ever going to release it. They say they are, but what if they never release that joint? But most importantly, as far as it concerns the team, I'm like, Snyder going to be gone. Most of the people that um, is going to be named in that suit are already gone. I don't know how much it'll affect Harris and the team other than them, other than someone asking, hey, what do you think about the Dan Snyder report releases or whatever? And then if you ask that question to a current player or coach, they're going to look at you like you're dumb. Like, I don't know nothing about that. I ain't got nothing to do with that. And he don't own the team anymore. So why are you even asking me this question? So that's the way I'm looking at it. It's still going to be there. It's still going to be there. I get it, but... it just be a lot better. Anybody... You're lame. Anybody that asks that question, I'm going to fry you. You're straight lame. Because they ain't got... Not you. They ain't got... Like, the current regime, the most of the roster... Like, the longest tenured person on the roster right now is Tress Wade. And I think he only been here since, like, 16. So, like, we're talking seven years at the most that a player's been on the team. Most of this stuff happened under Bruce Allen, who's been gone since, what, 20? Well, I guess 2019. But still, like, yeah, like a lot of this, I don't know. 
And that really yeah. started on him again. Like I, I, I can't believe I even said his name. Was is this the first time we talked about Bruce Allen since the last emails that were released? Like what a bro. The Serato eras were just bad. I mean, the Serato years were bad, but the Bruce Allen years was just toxic mediocrity. Like, just awful, awful. Two coaching regimes that was just surrounded with controversy, bro. Who, who was worse? Um, Serato and Island? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what what's your criteria. So, if you're judging on the field, it's Serato by a mile. Like, it's not even close. But if you're talking about overall toxicity, overall just what caused the team to, like, like I'm going to give it to Allen only because he couldn't capitalize off the trashiness of Serato. Like, you made things a little bit better on the field, but off the field, you made it so much worse. <laughs> like, so much worse. Hey, you're the you're the brother of a politician, but you can't be savvy. You getting cooked in every single trade. You getting cooked in every single contract negotiation. But do you think like, he was trying to get fired? And then, like every time he did something that he thought would get him fired and it didn't get him fired, he's like, "Damn!" Like, all right, let me try I this. I don't know, but the way him and Snyder beefing now was crazy. Like it, it led to Snyder selling the team. This is crazy. Well, hopefully they both go down in flames. But uh, you know, we can in we, a way it led to the name changes too. Yeah, yeah, but we we can keep it moving. That that was really it for the Commanders talk. Uh, so um, will we kill it one now. Going from one controversy to another. Sports betting in the NFL, there are at least three more players that's about to get suspended in the NFL, plus the already um, dozen of players that's been suspended, plus a player coming off of suspension with Calvin Ridley. Um, You hear a lot of NFL players getting suspended, getting talked about when it comes to sports betting. Bruh, a lot of people pose this question, and it's a good question. Why aren't other leagues struggling with this? Why is it just the NFL so far that's been, like, the leader of the pack in this? Now, I'm not saying that other leagues have been, like, spotless. I think there have been reports of other players and other leagues gambling. But it seems like the NFL is just the king of this. And... I'm confused. Like, either it's not happening in the other leagues or they're hiding it from us. So, um, how are you feeling about it, bro? Uh, well, there's a few things that I'll throw out there. It doesn't mean that I think that any of these things specifically are the one reason or causality. But the thing that's odd is for a lot of these guys, I don't think it's necessarily – that they bet, I think 
I think in one case for uh, Isaiah Rogers for the Colts, he specifically, and I don't know if it was Jonathan Taylor, but he had done a player prop of uh, over under a thousand yards on the season, I believe. Shout out to the uh, fireworks in the background, if you can hear it. Anyway, I think because he bet on his team, I think that was majorly frowned upon, which is why they find him, and then I think the Colts cut him. Um, but then I think the other issue is, in most cases, these guys are allowed to gamble. I think they're just not allowed to place the bets while on team facility property, like the practice facility, whether you're even in the parking lot, which is kind of weird um, that they would be allowed to place bets. And I think a lot of times there are factors, you know, like, oh, were you betting NFL if you're an NFL player or were you betting on another uh, sport or was this college football? Uh, I think that comes into play. Uh, the last coach player that got suspended betting on the coach. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was betting on the team that he played for. Um, and I think there's a guy for the Patriots. I can't remember his name, but I saw a, he had tweeted, you know, so I can go out and get injured trying to help my team win, but I can't bet $1,000 on my team to win. Like, I don't know. Yes, you exactly can't. Like, well, that is, listen, it's listen. all about the morality of it all. You just can't. You you can't put yourself in situations where you're able to possibly affect the outcome of your own bet. Like him being on the roster already is a huge conflict of interest because well, yeah. he might have heard something in the from the running backs. Like, yeah, man, coach said that um, RB one going not see as many carries today because he banked up with something and the other team don't know. The reporters okay. don't know. Only we know this. I'm gonna get I'm expected to get 20 carries today. But this wasn't fantasy, Mike. I mean, just to be fair, I'm I'm not trying to be nitpicky because your point is absolutely valid. But this guy was just betting on the team to win. Or at least those were his words. He didn't Ooh. say anything about uh it's something Jones for the, the no, this guy plays for the Patriots. Not oh, the the person I'm talking about, the coast player, better on over under on the no, rushing no, no, no. yards or something. And that's somebody. and that's fair. The guy I'm talking about, maybe this was just a guy who tweeted something. He he's not part of any of the guys who got caught gambling or anything. He just tweeted his thoughts on it. But and and you know I tend to agree a little bit. But. Um, I think another thing that factors in, I think the other leagues, specifically baseball and the NBA, I think they pay their players a little better. And I think their players don't have as much a need, like player to player, you know. Certainly there's still like the max players for both, for, for all leagues that get contracts that are insane compared to everybody else. But what I'm getting at is like in pro baseball and basketball, there's a lot more guys with quote-unquote, big contracts comparatively to the NFL, but there are more of them. Do you know what I mean? Does it, does that make sense, like, on average? And so I'm not saying those guys don't gamble. I'm not saying that at all. But maybe because their money's guaranteed, because more guy per capita, I guess, or whatever, so there's more money and, like, 
just maybe less need to do that. I don't know. Yeah, they play less games too. So it's like, I don't know. As an NFL player. Notice, at least so far, not to cut you off, man, my bad, but the, that guy, Isaiah Rogers, I don't know much about him. I don't think he plays a lot, does he? Is he like a starter or anything? Probably not. Well, then that's my point. So I, I think it'll only be a big deal when it's a guy like Calvin Ridley who was like a starter, like, you know, you know, kind of cusp of being a primetime uh, player. You know, he's really good. I'm not, I'm not taking away from his talent. I'm just saying he's not, you know, Justin Jefferson. So. So wrapping up the NFL segment, um, with three topics. I guess we can knock this one out first. Um, the Jets are reportedly being forced to go through with hard knocks. Um, how are you feeling about that? And I feel like next year we will be that team on hard knocks, either with Rivera or a new coach. You can bet a whole bunch of money that the commanders are the hard knocks team in 2024. Don't let us mess around and have a good season, which I think will eliminate us from becoming the team. I think if you make the playoffs, you can't. Um, you you're ineligible. But if we don't, if we have a season similar to last year, you better believe Washington's been on hard knocks. But uh, how you feel about the Jets being presumably forced in? Do you think what I'm thinking that we're due for a uh, run on that show soon? Well, I mean, focusing on the Jets part first, it, you got to understand this is a business. And when you have a guy of Aaron Rodgers' stature alone going to the Jets, you kind of look at the fact that it's in a huge media market as well. They've got a new coach, and the team was very uh, kind of overachieving to a degree before injuries started to set in. Obviously, Salah is a defensive guy, and so when you got a rookie like Sauce Gardner with a name and a marketability to go with the fact that he was great as a rookie, and I mean probably like one of the better rookie performances of the last couple of decades, honestly. And, and, and I really like, I don't want to overdo the praise with somebody who only played one season, but as a rookie to come in and kind of do what he did, it's really impressive, especially at his position. And the fact that in the AFC, he, he played against some pretty good guys at receiver, um, you know, him being a DB that is and going against receivers. So, there's a lot going on there. And then when you factor in that before they got Aaron Rodgers there, they signed Alan Lazard, they signed Randall Cobb. So they're bringing in some Rodgers guys. So there's that. And, you know, the NFL's a business. It's the AFC. The AFC, you've got the Bills, you've got Kansas City, you've got the Bengals. You've got a team like Miami who's kind of exciting. The Patriots are always going to have a, a, a mysterious optimism because of Belichick and just 
the the structure of the team and the fact that they've got pretty good players at a lot of positions. They just are trying to figure out how to use them the right way because a lot of those guys are young. Um, I'm sure I've missed a few. I, the Chargers, Chargers are always kind of in the mix somewhere there. Uh, let me see, AFC, who am I missing? Am I missing anybody? I said Buffalo, right? So for a team like New York, who was kind of is going through that instant rags to riches between the draft development and the acquisition of major free agents, it's a big storyline. And it's in New York. And Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't need to keep beating a dead horse with everything I've said. Of course the NFL is going to force it. Now, in regards to us, the commanders, that's something we certainly don't want this year. With Sam Howell trying to develop, we don't want cameras showing because there'd probably be a lot of negative footage, so to speak. And that's not something we want with a guy we're trying to develop. Um, But, hey, you know, we'll see what happens this year and then going forward. If it happens, it does. If not, cool. But but the Jets got to, I mean, you got to just eat it. Like, you know, get over it. I, I understand you don't want, you know, people all in your face. And, you know, we, I, I understand, but it is what it is. This, this is the business aspect of things. So, I and they haven't done it since the Rex Ryan era. And, and this yeah. is how it goes, right? Look, look at what happened. The minute the Rams moved back to L.A. and they still had Fisher as the coach, if I'm not mistaken, and then McVay took over, right? They had multiple hard knocks. That's what that's what they do. If you really look at the hard knocks, a lot of times it's when a new coach is taking over or a handful of new players went to a team. When Bill Parcells took over the Cowboys the very first year, Hard knocks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, this is a business too. And, and, you know, if the Jets want to cry foul, like, give me a break, man. Like, wait, they're not giving away your plays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Silo was the maddest, of course. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And even if why. Like, even if Washington did it, I'm not as concerned with any, like, struggle with Howell. I just feel like it would just be another distraction on top of a million distractions. And the team can sort of control what access they give to him or not give to him. So I, I will say this. Right. I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. We, if, if we got to a certain place, I think it'd be great. I think everybody in this area would eat it up because we've been dying to see stuff like this for the longest time. That's what's cool about this evolution and progression of just, you know, not just sports, but just the tech and, and, and everything that goes, everything surrounding it. You know, back in the day, 
you had to wait and read it in the paper or maybe catch it on the nightly news as far as like sports talk and things of that nature if you didn't especially if you didn't have cable and so now everything's so instant and accessible this would be amazing to see but it's got to be down the road but i will tell you the one team i would love to see hard knocks forced upon and i kind of feel like I, I don't know what it is it's it's the same sort of conspiracy type thinking of snyder you know having dirt on goodell and the other owners although now none of that matters i'd like to see the patriots forced to have a hard knocks but it seems like somehow they always get out of it because they're usually in the playoffs and I think this time they're not they're not eligible because they did it once already. And um the Patriots did hard knocks? Yeah, I think so. Cause they ain't make the playoffs last year, did they? Or yeah, maybe they were one of the teams that they that could have been forced. It's just the NFL and HBO was like, nah, we don't want y'all. They never been. Cause unless they went last year, they never been. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So they could have been one of the teams that could have been forced, but like I said, it's not really like who would you rather have, the Patriots or the Jets? Patriots. Honestly. No, not this season. What do you mean? I mean, would you like who, who? Right, this season, Patriots. For what? See how they do things. <laughs> what? So they can see how they do things and end in an eight and eight season or eight and nine season or whatever they went last year. Okay, Mike. Well, they are so the Patriots are so 2019 or 2015 or whatever you want to say. Boy, the Belichick era is done. Oh wow! I care about them no more. Nations being made here on the show. Bruh, Brady, once Brady won the Super Bowl, it was over. That's like, not fair. Bruh. He went to a team that was pretty stacked, and then like three or four other guys joined. But the Patriots team. haven't even been back to the playoffs yet. I know it's only been two seasons, but come on, bruh. Okay. Like, come on now. But I see what you're saying. Like, you want to see an inside view of the Patriots way. But, bruh, we got 20 years of an outside view. That's good enough. <laughs> like you'll get nothing and like it, Spalding. That's what you just said to me. Little Caddyshack reference. I wouldn't say all that. Um. <laughs> so I guess we can knock out the last two topics of NFL real quick. Uh, I actually can talk about the rules update talk causing a stir. So what happened was talk some Bama put out a video. With NFL updated rules, it had rules like uh, the number change, like uh, the number zero being allowed to use in the NFL for the first time, I think, ever. Um, also, nope. any fair catch? Oh, it was used in the 30s or something? No. Um, excuse me. There oh, was- no. I remember. Brian Cox used to be number zero. So it well, was like he in, the in the preseason. They didn't allow it in the regular season. Oh, yeah. I remember. But uh, I believe the guy's name was Otto Graham. Otto Graham was zero. I think think he played for the Browns and the Raiders, and he wore double zero. Oh. 
Nah, I'm talking single that's, zero. I understand. I, that's I'm just letting you know where I was going. Um, and the other rules, like the fair catch rule, um, any kickoff, any kickoff return that's caught inside the twenty-five will put the ball on the twenty-five. So if you try to pooch these kicks now, the NFL are like uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, wait, say that again. So if a team kicks the ball off and the and the receiving team fair catches it anywhere inside the 25, the ball will be placed on the 25. So if they fair catch it at the five or the one, it still goes to the 25? Correct. Wow. Okay. Now you gotta say because if it's a touchback, it was going to the 25 or whatever. But as a receiving team, you have to understand just because that's the rule doesn't mean that it's going to happen every single time. They they basically made the kickoff kind of like a punt now. So if I kick it. so, So you're talking a fair catch on kickoff? Yeah, just kickoffs, not punts. Oh, okay, so they're trying to. Yeah, yeah if they did that on punts. That would be really ridiculous for the defense. I was going to say though, it, it theoretically it'd be a very unique and specific situation, and who knows how often it would arise, but it would create an exciting situation. Whereas, if the ball is punted just right, and you got a guy potentially trying to fair catch it, but it's maybe heading out of bounds, and then they fumble it because of they're trying to kind of benefit from the rule you're talking about, but that's, I'm talking punt. You're talking kickoff. Um, yeah, that sounds like they're just trying to, you know, further, uh, reduce the collision part of kickoffs, which result in injuries and things of that. Yeah, nature. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. But the last rule that he put was a rule that even he was confused about. And it has something to do with handing the ball off. So, long story short, the way the rule was presented, they were saying that you can't hand the ball off um, forward if the person is ineligible. If they're an eligible receiver or whatever, you can't hand the ball off to them forward. So all the NFL did with that rule was clarify a rule that we already knew about. You can't throw the ball forward after you pass the line of scrimmage um, to anybody. And you can't throw the ball forward to any ineligible player behind the line of scrimmage before the play start. So, like, you can't throw it to – you can't hand the ball off to an offensive lineman. You can't hand the ball off to basically anybody um, that's not an, uh, that's not eligible. So I don't even know why he put that in the video. I don't know why the NFL felt the need to clarify the rule. But read options still exist. No need to panic, Eagles fans. Y'all can still try to cheese with the treat with the read option and quarterback sneaks and all that. Um. Until you run hurts to the ground. It's pretty much that simple. <laughs> I'm just being honest. 
But um, that's the update to the NFL rule that caused a stir. It was a bunch of nothing. So if you happen to see that on social media and was wondering what the heck are they talking about, they were talking about nothing. I want to throw something out there. I don't know how much validity there is to it, um, but I did see uh, some stuff floating around on social media, and I noticed this, and I'm not going to lie. I kind of appreciate the gamesmanship because I'm sure there's a variety of materials and things you could use. Shout out to the plane flying across. <laughs> Give them their moment. Clearly they, you know, were feeling left out of the show. So we want to give them their due. All right. There we go. I also saw, again, I saw something floating around where the NFL is going to kind of crack down on field goals and PATs, specifically on the placeholders. Um, I know on turf, this might not be as much of an issue but depending on the time of year and the location, you know, with bad weather, like if we're talking Lambo or if we're talking rain, uh, placeholders have been coming up with, we'll say, what's called a foreign object that they keep in those little hand warming pouches. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's their job is to keep their hands warm and dry, especially again if we're heading towards the uh, latter part of the season where most areas are going to be cold if you're not indoors. Well, anyway, they're throwing down these things that are, I guess you could say about the size of a bottle cap. And, and essentially they are crafted, at least from what I can see, the, the pictures are not great. It doesn't show on extremely up close, but it's essentially just like a little, a little bottle cap or like, a stack of like maybe like two to three poker chips max. And it's something for the ball to rest on while the placeholder holds it so the kicker can kick it. And I thought that was just very, very interesting. And I also wonder how many, like, you know, if there's a way to really check it, how many teams placeholders are doing that. And then, like how much it helps versus like when you use it versus don't, you know, I thought it was really, really interesting because if you think about it, like I said, you keep it in the pouch, you squat down to that thing and then you just kind of toss it out there real quick, put it right where you want. And you know, the referees, even though there's a few of them, they got to watch for a handful of things, you know, as far as false starts and offsides, ball placement, all those kind of things. So it's very easy to, you know, sneak that in there. So I think that'll be interesting to see. And and, and honestly, it's something I'm going to be kind of looking for, even though the camera might not show it when I watch the game feed um, for live games. But, hey, just something I saw, something I was thinking about. And, And honestly, I appreciate it. I think it's like, you know, I, I love it when you see people and, and I know like, oh, I'm not, you know, you're encouraging cheating. No, I'm not encouraging cheating. Hmm. I'm appreciating people kind of pushing the narrative because I don't know when and if that whole foreign rule thing was thrown into place. 
for an object, that is, hey, there was a time when people put stickum on their hands, defensive or offensive, just to try to help them have an advantage over getting the ball or uh, catching the ball, rather, when it was thrown their way. So, is what it is. Um, all right, y'all. One last break, and we're going to be right back. Rage on that beat, going crazy. Welcome back, y'all. We're going to wrap up with these last three topics. Um, I'm going to start off with the Nationals because as I was beginning to record the show with my guy, Eddie, um, we won. We beat the Mets. I believe the score was two to one. You are correct, sir. Um, I was saving that the whole show. I'm really happy that the Nats are competing and like Eddie said a couple of weeks ago, um, I expect the type that type of season for the Wizards next season. Well, actually, maybe a little bit more than what the Nets are doing uh, since they saw San Kuzma back. But nevertheless, um, we talked about the Wizards. The Nets, they are they're fighting, man, and that's all you want. And I do feel like we're in that groove now where we're discovering who's bouting and who's not. And in a couple of years, we'll be back in that fight for the World Series again. We just got to find a couple of more pitchers because our guy Strasburg, I don't think we talked about it, but um, he's in danger. Like, he's he's, he is he's not pitching. Baseball again. Yeah, he is not pitching again. <laughs> like, it is over. He hasn't officially retired because of the contract, but we will not see him on the mound for the Nationals ever again, unfortunately. But um, for the rest of the players, like I'm happy from what I saw, what I have seen, and um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Fighting Nationals of 2023? Well, despite having the worst record in baseball for the month of June, we've won five of our last seven. We won the series against the Padres. We won the series against the Mariners, and to come out, take a 2 nothing lead against the Phillies. Yes, we gave up a run. But then to maintain that with the team we have, and I'm here to tell you, there were several innings where I can't tell you whether they were charged as an error or not, but it, I, I'm sure at least two out of the three or four of these situations they were. There were a lot of times where we kind of, didn't help ourselves, got men in scoring position, runners on bases, and we rallied. And to, to come away with a win like that in Philadelphia is huge. Uh, we also left some runners stranded. That's something we got to work on. But, you know, as I've mentioned before, this team is not going to set the world on fire, but they fight. And that's what that that's all you can ask for. And when you factor in, you know, Guys like Ruiz, guys like Garcia, who's a little bit older than some of the other guys I'm about to mention, but C.J. Abrams, uh, Lane Thomas, uh, Manessis even, who's also 
a little bit more on the older side. Those are the guys, Josiah Gray as well, uh, Thad Ward. Uh, you know, there's a handful of uh, Mackenzie Gore for sure. Those are the guys that we're trying to build this thing around. And when you see the team playing hard and competing, you know, certainly you're not happy that they lose, but it's a lot better than seeing guys go out there that just are going through the motions or don't give a crap. And I think it's refreshing given the fact that we know we're probably not going to make the playoffs, but you know, in the pursuit of perfection, greatness can be achieved. So if that motto is being applied, which it kind of seems like it is, I'm all for it, you know. Five out of last seven, that's, that's not too bad. You know, the Padres are supposed to be a World Series contender. I know they're not having a great year, but still pretty good. Get a little, uh, you know, kind of personal, moral, not moral, but, you know, personal victory over uh, Soto. And then, you know, the Mariners, you know, you they're not great, but you also don't want to sleep on teams like that. So, and again, big win in Philly. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, the biggest sports news of the day, as far as like overall sports, um, ESPN laid off a plethora uh, talent today, and I'll just read some of the names that I see or that I have seen. Um, we're talking longtime personnel like Susie Colbert, she out of there, Steve Young, he out of there, Keyshawn Johnson, and Max Kellerman out of there. They got national shows and they gone. Um, Rob Ninkovich, Jeff Van Gundy. He out of there. Ashley Brewer. Jalen Rose up out of there. LaFonso Ellis is up out of there. Todd McShay, gone. Matt Hasselback, gone. Damn. And a couple of other names. Oh, David Pollock, gone. My goodness. Who's Mel Kuyper going to argue with if Todd McShay is gone? Um, yeah, and David Pollock. Like, that was the new Todd McShay on the rise. Um, yeah, no, so Pollock was a college football guy, but he wasn't a draft guy. He wasn't both? I thought he did both. I mean, he, I'm sure he they involved him because of being a high pick and, you know, his involvement still with the college game day stuff. But no, that, that, I mean, Kuyper and, and, McShay were the, the draft experts and then, you know, it was Josina Anderson and Teddy Bruschi and it, it was the usual suspects for NFL, really. Like, they might have maybe one college guy on there, but nobody that's rivaling rivaling. Nobody that's a rival for uh, Kuiper or McShay, for sure. So, but I guess they're just going to Put all their chips for uh, Mel Kiper. Um, you know he's from Baltimore and still lives in Baltimore. Who Kiper? Or he, he might not live in Baltimore, but Maryland for sure. Yeah, he sounds like he has that accent. 
now that I think about it. He's um, definitely he's DMVer. And let's um Mike, I don't I don't really have nothing more to add. Like it sucks that Jeff Van Gundy out of there, but I really think you're going to see him on TNT team up with his brother um on the sports com um, commentation team. What are your yeah. thoughts on uh, him potentially getting a coaching opportunity? You think that's like is that even a possibility? I think if he wanted to coach again, he would have been able to. I yeah. wonder how how much did Mark Jackson not get in the offer played into him not wanting to come back off of some y'all not gonna hire my guy, so y'all not gonna hire me type stuff. Now I'm pretty sure that's like a far loose thought or whatever, but you never know. You never know. Interesting you mentioned Mark Jackson. He at least so far has not been laid off. So, I'm, I, I, I highly doubt. I did see a list with him and Mike Breen on it, but they um, said that that was a mistake, and I believe it was a mistake. You can't get rid of your entire number one broadcasting team without a suitable replacement. Um, and speaking of replacements, if they put Doris Burke with Mike Breen and Mark Jackson, it's over, bro. I like Van Gundy, but Doris Burke be cooking yeah. when it comes to breaking down games. So I would like that trio of um, Burke, Breen, and Jackson. That, that was gonna. That, that's what I was gonna say. So we're we're pretty much just uh, inserting Doris Burke into that position. I mean, I, I think that's, that's that's a done deal for the most part. The thing I was gonna say is, uh, you know, when you when you look around for Van Gundy and TNT, certainly an option, NBA network, even uh, depending on, you know, what he wants. And I what think, well, not think, I but, know both of those are owned by Turner sports, NBA TV and TNT. Fair enough. But, you know, the other thing too, to factor in is as far as the coaching thing, like I, I that's just me personally, like wanting him to see, wanting to see him back in the NBA but I don't know that there's an opportunity out there, a situation rather, that he would want to get into. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Does Portland have a head coach? Who's, who's Portland's head coach? Let's say if he knew they would keep Dame and maybe pick pick up another big-time guy. I'm not guy sure, but I think everybody has a coach now. I don't think this team's without a coach. That, that, that's what I was thinking, too. I just didn't think of who Portland's coach is. But, uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a situation he would want to go to that's available, you know. All the good situations, like, not available for sure. So, forever right. for him uh, holding on to uh, who was it? Marcus, not Marcus, can't be Alonzo Morning. <laughs> somebody during the uh, oh, it was it wasn't Shaq? Nah, it was Alonzo um, Morning. Alonzo Morning. And we'll end the show off on a high note. Um, the United States Women National Soccer Team are recipients of the Arthur Ashe Award. Um, I believe that is the ESPN ESPY award, Eddie. Is that the case? 
Yes. So they're going to receive this award for equal pay. Oh, okay. The ESPYs. Um, You know, a lot of people give the women credit just because when you look at soccer as a whole and the way the men's team gets done and and, and the way men's uh, uh, soccer slash football, depending on the country you're from and how competitive it is, and the fact that the women's team has kind of really been a force on their side. Um, so I, I don't terribly have a problem with this. And, you know, I'm the, I'm the father of, of daughters. So certainly I don't want this to come as a negative. But I think a lot of people forget that the women actually, as far as a percentage, they get a higher percentage than the men. The fact of the matter is that the men's soccer tournaments and broadcast and and promotions and, and everything that goes into it, it generates far more money. But I am all for progression. I am not trying to stop this women's national team for from seeking higher pay. I just want to put the facts out there. Um there was a tweet I saw where people thought perhaps Peyton Hillis should get it. And while I understand what he did is courageous, for those of you who don't know, former Arkansas Razorbacks, I believe played for the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos, to name a few teams. Peyton Hillis, who was on the cover of Madden, had a ridiculously good year for Cleveland. Uh, it, was, it was one year, but, I mean, man, it was a really great year. He... I can't remember where they were, but there was a situation where his kids were both drowning and he saved them. And then he was at risk for, I guess, the amount of water he consumed. And, you know, what's crazy, man, not to like, you know, extend this, but I think he went for his daughter first because she was struggling a lot more. And he talks about like, just like, the thought of like choosing who to go for first type of thing. And I, and I think any sort of scenario like that, where you as a parent have to choose is just absolutely crazy. Um, so there's a lot of that. And I don't mean to uh, downplay the whole thing that went, that, that they went through. Like it's, it's great that the kids are alive and he's alive too. Like it, it really is. But as a parent, it's your job <laughs> to, you know, like take care of you. Like, I'm not I'm not saying he like like, hey, look, man, you had to die there, like, or you had to be willing to, but at the same time, you did. That's your job as a parent. Uh doesn't mean that I'm like, hey, the women, they deserve this and like they should have got this award. But I'm I'm not taking anything away from them either. You know, like, it, it's got to be tough sometimes when you work real hard and you compete and you train. And, and I argue all the time that as far as, like, schematically and, like, you know, drawing up plays and executing it, that the women do a better job than the men do with those things, at least majority of the time, in my opinion. And it's got to be rough to see all that. And then... You know, you see the men making hand over fist and 
you know, unless you're one of the like elite elites, you ain't really making that much. So I understand it. So regardless of anything that was said, shout out to the women's national team. Congratulations on the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. I have no doubt that you will represent it properly and respectably. Respectably and admirably. So, shout out to you ladies. Tip of the cap. And that's pretty much the show. Uh, uh, Killer Mike, you got anything to add? Nah. Um, yeah, that's it for the week. We are putting episode 96 in the bag. So, what we're like four episodes away from 100. Correct. Um, That's how numbers work. Hey, 96. That was a great year. Jordan yeah. championship that year. It was a great year. For me, it's the, it's the years with the fives have been fire for me. 95 hey. was a good year. I remember 05. That was a good year. 15 was a good year. So. Yeah, I'm kind of on pins and needles for 2025. Like, what am I going to get? Like, in 2015, <laughs> that's when I started dating my wife. So, that was lit. You know, I feel you, it, it's only 2023. Like, you're already, like, looking for, like, all right. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm. Um, in 2024, like. I was about to say, it's not like I'm a chill for the next two years. I'm like, like I said, I'm just, I'm excited for it. What's going to come in 2025? Or it might be a um, might be a mediocre year. Might be a year you might want to forget about. You never know. But um, yeah, we're gonna holler at y'all next week, most likely, and um, probably have something special planned for episode 100. You never know. Might do a best of Eddie and Mike before episode 100. So look out for that. Yes. Um, I also put out. Um, something I guess I'm gonna start calling them Eddie and Mike freestyles, where I or Eddie would um, record something off a whim and we'll upload it within the next 48 hours or whatever. If it's not time sensitive, and yeah, we just wanna rock out. Like I said, it was our first episode on Streamyard. Um, I'm actually recording it from a sister house. Eddie recording his on the balcony. So if you hear some noise in the background, just give us a few weeks to tweak things out. But by the time training camp start up, we should be like rolling, rolling um, on Eddie and Mike. So yeah, yeah we'll be rolling like Fred Durst. Uh, but you know, like. Just chill out, you know, with with the criticism. If you hear some noise in the background, because like, and neither no, one. I don't nobody criticizing. But at the same time, we really appreciate the love, you know. But uh, while I'm on the topic, want to just kind of give a quick like, little R.I.P. shout out Ryan Mallet. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Always crazy. It, not just from an age standpoint, but you know. You see people on TV, uh, athletes especially, and, you know, they die young, and it just, it, it, it's always perplexing. 
Um, I don't have a lot of details on it, but I definitely remember him playing for Arkansas. It was a little bit of a run-and-gun type style offense, and it was very cool, very exciting, and fun to watch. I remember uh, him, I believe it was the Patriots that he started off with, and then I think he ended up with the Ravens. And he had some opportunities to kind of, you know, make some some spot starts here and there. Um, and kind of a, a – it was like a guy you rooted for. You know, he had a little bit of a Brett Favre to him. He was certainly a little taller, more, uh, you know, longer arm. But he was definitely a guy you rooted for no matter what. I mean, you know, I, it might be a few people out there that didn't like him. But same time, at least for me. Whenever I watch him, for some reason, I always wanted to see him do well. I don't know what it is that, you know, rubbed me the right way, pause if needed, that I was rooting for this dude. But, yeah, RIP, man. Gone way too soon. Way, way too soon. <laughs>